Undad is part of the Alberta Podcast Network and is powered by ATB. Oh, hello there, everyone. This is the Undad Podcast, and I am Trent Wilkie. The Undead Podcast is a podcast about family and how you are formed by your environment. There will be some swearing, there will be some caring, and there will be some sharing. I hope you put on your lucky jacket, because we're going to go on a journey together. Episode is titled Masters are Served. To say that I wasn't a fan of Dave Bedini before I read any of his books would be a lie. In fact, he was one of the most influential voices in my head in my formative years in my late teens, early twenties, with his band The Rio Statics. I grew up around where he grew up around, and I recognized a lot of what he was writing about. To have someone uh, like Dave Bedini, uh, available for an interview, was just something I jumped at. Midnight Light is Bedini's novel about his experiences working in the Northwest Territories at a newspaper called The Yellow Knifer, and about all the people he meets there and the experiences that he has in the vast, beautiful North. His insights into Indigenous culture and being a writer and being a journalist and the idea of being someone from a place and transposing yourself into a rather foreign area is all very wonderful and fun and also so very challenging and insightful. So here's my interview with Dave Bedin. Hi, Trent. I was re-watching, uh, I think it's uh, the Glenn Gold movie, 32 or 36 short films about Glenn Gold. And in it, he has something called um, The Idea of North. When when you decided to go up north to work at the Yellow Knifer. Was there, a, what romantic things were running through your head? Or were there any romantic things running through your head? I definitely knew about the Glenn Gould piece. Um, and also there's a great band from Moncton called Ide Du Nord as well, kind of based around that uh, that amazing um, soundscape, you know. Even yeah. though I think he did it um, in a studio in Toronto, but um, he was clearly aware of the North and had um, spent some time. And especially <laughs> Joe Fiorito had wrote a novel about the North, in which his character was... Uh, me a figure not unlike Glenn Gould, um, but uh, and also Charlie Angus. I remember, you know, the the MP when he was in yeah, yeah. Cobalt when he was in uh, Grievous Angels. They had gone up to Yellowknife and they played up there. So they're, they're always kind of little seeds of the place in my imagination. Also, Niccolo has a great song on the Convincer called Indian Queens, where the the character uh, ends up in Yellowknife. Um, he he's running from uh, running from something. And he ends up in Yellowknife, and he actually had Seth that end up running away from Yellowknife, uh, alternately. <laughs> but, um, yeah, there were ideas, for sure, that I had about about the place. And I did think, you know, I think to Canadians, there is a romance to the North, whether it's kind of a rugged, adventurous romance, you know, mm-hmm. uh, or whether it's one based simply on, like, land and space and sky, and that, that feeds into it as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you start off um, Midnight Light in a... Uh... I guess you're going to a book festival or a literature festival. 
Um, and now you're in the middle of going to several with, with Midnight Light. What have you learned about your book that maybe surprises you a little bit? Maybe something you didn't view it like? Well, it's just neat with the questions that you get from people asking you about it. You know, a lot of people pick up on the figure of Susan Chaffee, who was the first um, female uh, fishing guide on Great Slave Lake. Um, you know, people obviously ask me about John McFadden. Um, you know, I, even on Facebook, I've had like a lot of people, you know, chime in about, you know, wanting to go there, thinking of going there, but never actually executing that trip. And um, so, you know, maybe it will have an impact on people actually visiting the North too. But, um, you know, honestly, at the end of a book, you never really know what it is because um, you spend so long on it and you're so deep in it. And you can only really worry about the words and the form and the structure um, versus what people are going to take away from it. And I think that's one of the great things about books. You know, you can have a thousand different readers read the same book and they're, I mean, they're going to be things that emerge common themes, but I think everybody has sort of a personal sense of what that book means to them or what rises in the imagination um, for them. So, uh, yeah, so it's been kind of sort of taking kind of a sweeping hole here, really. Um, and, it, you know, a lot of people buy the book um, who are interested in the book have connections up there already, which is kind of neat. Mm-hmm. So a lot of stories end up falling, you know, finding you after after you publish. How important is comedy and humor in your books, especially Midnight Light? You know, I think I'm, I think sad and funny is always good, you know, or, um, you know, sad and sad and beautiful. Um, I think there's a, I think that's the toggle, you know, that I that I try to manipulate, mm-hmm. where um, it's a little bit of both, and balance is important too. I think in a book that you're able to fully reflect the human experience, which in most cases, if you're lucky, kind of you know touches on both of those things. You know, the uh, the sad and the beautiful and the and the hilarious. Um, you know, I mean. Yellowknife is a, in a, in a lot of ways, it's a deeply sad place. It's one of the saddest places in Canada. Certainly, John McFadden he said that on stage during our launch in Toronto. But it's also um, the people bring a great kind of fervor and sense of life to it, mm-hmm. and and a lot of stories of, of of misadventure there, and a lot of stories of just kind of just getting by. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm not a deadly serious writer, a gravely serious writer in the sense that um, I don't necessarily dwell in the dark. I think the light and the dark, that's the potion that you want to sort of create in a book so that both of those masters are served. What have you taken from from working at the Yellowknife? What have you taken back to the West End Phoenix? Are you applying anything you learned there? I mean, I think uh, I think the Phoenix is a, is a child of the Yellowknife, really. Mm-hmm. Um it is 100%. Yeah, the whole idea behind you know, that newspaper's um, devotion to local writing, um, devotion to storytelling, that salience to, to a place. I mean, that is, um, that's kind of what certainly the Yellowknife are aimed in the direction that we, we wanted to travel with our newspaper. And really, at the end of the day, it wouldn't it wouldn't have existed had I not been uh, had I not been exposed to it. Yeah, had had I not learned about it. So, yeah, it's a direct antecedent of um, of what they do up there for sure. Was it a bit like like getting submerged in journalism like that? I found it was a bit like a drug because it's a lifestyle. You're not getting paid a lot, 
but you can't really get away from it. Like once you become a journalist, you're always going to be a journalist. Do you feel that, that you've sort of been affected by that? Well, because you've been writing for a long time. Per se. I mean, I think I wouldn't want to, you know, discredit or minimize the actual, the work, the relentless work and the daily work that is done (laughs) by, um, by people who are actually journalists. I've always been more of a writer or a columnist and an author than I have been a on the ground journalist. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say writing. I mean, I think generally, I think that's generally true for all creative pursuits, you know, like once it, if you find yourself bitten by it, it's kind of, it's hard to shake it. It's hard to shake the bug. Um, you know, Rick Emmett of Triumph said in my first book, he said, you know, there's two kinds of artists, those who have to, those who want to be artists and those who have to be artists. And it's those who have to be artists that are generally the ones that produce, you know, a greater body of work, I would think. Um, and that's probably true of journalism. You know, hard to get out of it once you've, you know, because adrenaline is a big part of it, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, just, uh, you know, um, crushing those stories and getting on the inside of stories and, um, you know, uh, feeling that kind of buzz of, uh, of covering a story and breaking a story. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dave, this is my last question. I really appreciate you doing this, man. Again. No problem. <laughs> um, you submersed yourself into a very strong and rich indigenous culture. Um, how important is it to have indigenous voices in Canadian media, from your perspective? I mean, you probably know the answer to that question, but I think, uh, you know, listen, it's time for us as Southerners. I think it's our responsibility and as white Southerners to recognize and support at all costs those voices that have been, you know, oppressed um, in, 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 our, in our country. And as an artist, I think we can all uh, do what we can to support and uh, try to help uh, nourish, I suppose, or not even nourish because there, a lot of the work is so fully formed, but just support and um, let our audiences expose our audiences and make them open to the uh, the work of uh, indigenous writers because they're superstars and there's so much and yeah, we're ready for a new melody you know we're ready for a new tone and a new perspective I think in our country um, but even beyond that the work is is incredibly strong Billy Ray Court Joshua Whitehead Eden Robinson Wabashan King Tommy Orange I could go on and on and on Gwen Benaway there's so many incredible artists Dave, thank you so much. Have a good day. I'm glad you you found time to do this. I appreciate it. It all worked out. It did. This episode is brought to you by Park Power, a provider of electricity and natural gas in Alberta that offers low rates, awesome service, and profit sharing with local charities. In Alberta, you get to choose who to buy your energy from. If you choose Park Power, your money stays here. Plus, Park Power shares its profits with local not-for-profits that are working to make a difference for their communities. 
Shopping local is very important to Park Powers owner, Chris Kosofsky, and we love local here at the Alberta Podcast Network, so it's a great fit. Learn more at parkpower.ca. I'd like to thank Andrew Paul for producing this episode. I'd also like to thank the Edmonton Community Foundation for the recording space and the support. I'd also also like to thank Nathaniel Sutton of Brother Octopus slash Defend the Rhino slash whatever it is the heck he's working on for the intro music. You can find me at theundad.com or online at theundad on Twitter or just type in The Undad on Facebook. Or you can email me at trent at thetrentwilkie.com. Or you can just see me on the street and give me a way too long hug. Okay. Okay, so Mm -hmm. basically the deal is every once in a while daddy gets asked Mm -hmm. by... The Edmonton Sun or the Edmonton Examiner or one of the post-media publications to answer 20 questions. Okay. So I thought it would be fun to ask you the same 20 questions or similar types of questions. Okay. Okay? Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. What are you having for breakfast? Boop. Mommy, um, I have pancakes. Pancakes! Is that your favorite? Pancakes. Yes. You didn't do what you do for a living, which is, you know, being a kid. What would you be? A monster. Who's your hero? Uh, Daddy. What was the last book that you couldn't put down? Uh, zero. Zero books? Uh-huh, because I can put all of them down. You can, oh, yeah, good point. Okay. Uh, who's your celebrity cut crush? Zero. You have no crushes on anyone? Mm-mm. What's your favorite music right now? Mm-hmm. The Annie soundtrack. Annie, Annie, Who would you like to meet in person? That is the biggest bite of fruit cup I've ever seen any one person take. <laughs> I don't... Zero? I don't know. There's nobody you'd like to meet in person? Mm-mm. Nobody from TV that you might like to meet? Nope. What's the best thing about living in Edmonton? That we moved to a place that has a big, big backyard. Mm-hmm. What is your weirdest habit? You don't have any weird habits? What's your sister's weirdest habit? Yelling around and walking. What drives you nuts? When you guys just talk to each other and I'm trying to talk to you. Yeah. What is your favorite fast food? Um, cereal. Uh, who would you like to have dinner with? Mm, you guys. Yeah. 
Where's your favorite place to go on vacation? Um, Ram. What's your favorite TV show? Annie. If you could have any superhero power, what would you, what would you love to have? Uh, a cape that could make me fly. If mommy and daddy are buying, what are you, what are you getting? A shirt. What kind of shirt? This shirt. <laughs> so, mommy and daddy would just buy you the exact same shirt you have on right now? No, it's just it was this answer. Oh yeah. What are what are the words you live by? Share, share. Listen, listen, listen. Share, share, share. If somebody does something bad to you, go down, teacher. Or your mommy or daddy or or friends that's a grown up or yeah. And no yelling. Yeah. No kicking and no No hitting. And no biting. Yeah, and no hitting on the I've never eaten food because I don't have a mouth or a digestive system, but if I did, I'd listen to the podcast called Tomato Radio because they know their food. It is a podcast about eating and drinking and is hosted by Mary Bailey and Amanda Laneve. Recorded in Edmonton, they release a new episode every other Wednesday. Tomato Radio is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network. You can find them on SoundCloud. Give your ears something delicious and give them a listen.